I, I always get excited when I get the opportunity to, to share because when you get that invitation, it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want to say, you know? Um, and, and give him a blank sheet and let him write on it. And, uh, and, and I, I'm always surprised um, at what comes. Um, like this week, before I knew I was speaking, I was driving along and I said, Lord, thanks for all the good things you've done for me in my life. And then I stopped and I said, Lord, thanks for everything you've done for me because you're good. Everything's got to be good that comes from you. So I revised that a bit like happened for you this morning. I said, Lord, thank you for my whole life that you've had your hand upon it. The things I didn't like, thank you for helping me grow through them. And the things I did like, thank you for helping me enjoy them. And, and I think once we come to that place of recognising the totality of God's hand upon our lives and look to see what he wants to do for us through them, we, we, we get to grasp something more of just how amazing God's love is for us and so I just want to share that as a as a, a startup and it fits within what was prayed and preached and and sung this morning and I, I I felt like the big thing about today the Lord wants us to catch is that we are the army of disciples of Jesus in this place now, as, a, as a body of Christ, we see ourselves as an army, as a hospital, and as a school. And we see ourselves as all three at once. So we don't say, okay, you guys are the army over here, and you guys are the hospital here, and you guys are the school over here. We are all, as disciples of Jesus, carrying each one of those parts of his heart into who we are into the world. And as I was praying about it this morning, or the other day, uh, the Lord just brought me back to what I think is one of the most precious scriptures there is, John chapter 17, where Jesus prays and talks to the Father just before he goes to his trial and crucifixion. So I want to read you chapter 17 of John this morning, John's gospel, and ask you just to listen. You don't have to look it up. I'll, I'll just read it over you and just let it speak into your, into your heart. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I've made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours, all mine are yours, 
and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for, your, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. That's an amazing, an amazing prayer. It's just such a complete picture of God's heart for us into Jesus, through Jesus and back through us out into the world. Jesus just is aching as he prayed that. He's aching that we would know just how much God loves us and how much he loves us and how much he wants us to be a part of who he is, not just then but into the future. And so I, I felt like it was really important that we started with that this morning, that we would know what God wants us to know, what Jesus wants us to know about himself and about us and about how we are meant to be together. The body of Jesus Christ is what we are called as the church. And the body has many parts, but we're all meant to be complementary parts to show a completed picture, which is the picture of Jesus that we just read and the picture of Jesus that is meant to be portrayed to the world. So when a part of the body is missing, a part of the picture of Jesus is missing. And so we try to present a picture to the world and they say, there's a piece missing. Where's that missing piece? Is this not the picture of Jesus? If we are telling people what Jesus is like, we need to present an accurate portrait, don't we? Otherwise, we're presenting an inaccurate picture of Jesus. When I was 
busy doing some other stuff, the Lord just interrupted me and he said, David, Jesus is God's good news for the world. I never thought of that before. But that was what God said to me. Jesus is God's good news for the world. We sang, I want to declare the name of Jesus. That name, Jesus, is good news. It's the only name that will bring right order back into the earth. In no other name will there be victory over the darkness in the earth. In no other name can we rely for a complete relationship with the Father. I am a sinner saved by grace. I try not to be a sinner still, but I am. But that doesn't exclude me or preclude me from having an intimate relationship with God. Because he sees me through Jesus. Because I've said, thank you, Jesus, that you have put me right with the Father. Because I can't. I couldn't and I can't. And I guess because I couldn't and I can't, I'm probably not going to tomorrow either. Even though I might try, in my own strength, I am not able to satisfy the righteousness of God. But in Jesus Christ, we read it this morning, he's put it all right for me. And he's put it all right for everyone that comes to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And what Jesus has done for us, he will do for those that don't yet know him. But we are meant to present an accurate picture. We're commissioned to be that picture, to present the power that will cut through the darkness. I was at the gym this morning and I got so distressed. I was watching some, there's about 10 TV sets up on the wall and they're all playing different things. And One of them had this band, this group, um, and it was a Today Show, but I think it was in America. And they were singing a song and I couldn't hear it, but they had the lyrics printed up. And I I almost felt sick at the lyrics of this song because they were saying, just believe you're wonderful. You are wonderful yourself as you are. Live your life. Be wonderful. You're like a star shining in the universe. And I honestly, and the people were joining in and clapping and carrying on. I thought, what a lie. What a lie. What devastation are people being led into in the name of some great band that was on television in America this morning? You and I can't fix that, but we can, in the name of Jesus, speak over that and cut the power of that off from killing people. People are invited into death and destruction every time you listen to something. Who's invited them into life in its fullness? Well, unless we do, nobody else is going to. We are called to be the ambassadors of Jesus, we are called to be the army who will stand up and stand out. In 1 John 4, we read about how God's love is to us and then through us. We're called to continue in love. It's the only way that the world would know that Jesus is the good news for them. You know, we we elect governments to fix things for us. That's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. They're not going to fix anything. They're going to keep stumbling along in the dark like they are now. They might have a different brand over them. There might be people we agree more with their principles and morals, but they're not going to fix it. Flesh and blood will not fix it. Fix anything. 
you can try, we can try, but at the end of the day, unless the hand of God is upon it, it will not be sorted. That's just my opinion, but I, I think it's pretty close to the truth. Check the truth out for yourself. Read the Bible. That's where the truth is. If people tell you things and you're not sure, go to the Word of God and ask him to point, you to, point it to you. Paul tells us that the enemy is active all of the time. In, in, Ephesians, in Ephesians 6, uh, Paul says, it's not against flesh and blood that we wrestle, but against. So hang on, that means we're wrestling. Are we wrestling? Huh? How long since you've been in a real wrestle with the enemy? It's not if you're going to wrestle, it's we are in a wrestle. I was never taught that when I went to school and Sunday school and church in my early days. I was told it was all wonderful, that it was all sorted, and it is. But there's a part to play that the church needs to play that I sadly don't see us all playing all the time. And we need to. My friends, my brothers and sisters, my fellow disciples of Jesus, we need to be in the wrestle. Because whether you like it or not, you are. We are in the wrestle. And so if we're a passive wrestler, what happens? One, two, three, you're out. I think that's how they do it in wrestling anyway. It's something like that. But it's like the wrestle is real. I was never... I, I used to... I probably shouldn't tell all these stories. But I went to a boys' high school and there was a lot of wrestling used to go on. And, you know, and, and uh, all of a sudden there'd be this cry in the playground, fight, fight, fight! And everyone would rush off into one part of the, 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 the ground where there were a couple of boys having a wrestle. And, you know, at the end... It wasn't too much harm done usually. Sometimes there was, but not too much. I had a broken collarbone once, but other than that, it was all right. Uh, I just didn't see the bloke coming. He came at me from the side and cleaned me up. And uh, it was a bit like a football match. But we're in the wrestle. You and I are in a wrestle. If you study military activity... They tell you that you've got to know the enemy if you want to be successful in a battle. And it's interesting because if we read the Old Testament, we see where there are times when David was going to go into battle and the Lord would tell him, go in this way. And another time he said, don't go in this way, go in that way. God knew the, the, the enemy and he was giving David the strategy for the fight. Well, we are being given a strategy for the wrestle. And the strategy for the wrestle is in Ephesians 6. It tells us how to guard ourselves and be ready for the wrestle. The, the full armour of God. That's the battle armament that we carry into the wrestle. So just want to warn you that you're in a wrestle, friends. We're all in a wrestle. And it's not an easy wrestle that, you know, is going to mean that we can just sort of do it half-heartedly either. It's a real battle for us. Is this good news? Well, the good news is that we will win because our, our teacher, mentor and overseer has already won the big battle. Jesus has won. I love that song. I will speak the name of Jesus. 
That is, the, that is the song for the wrestle. That before we get into the wrestle, we make the declaration every morning when we get up that I'm with him. Jesus is my Lord. He is my Saviour. And his name is the name above all names. And anything I meet today, I'm going to declare the victory of Jesus over it. And that's a legitimate thing to do and say. It's very legitimate. You can get organised for the wrestle before you're in the wrestle for the day. And I, I recommend that as someone who's done a lot of wrestling and been beat up a lot of times. I recommend that you take that position at the start of the day, that the wrestle isn't on you before you're ready for it. So know the enemy. The importance is highlighted by Paul because he says this, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So if you've got a difference of opinion with someone, don't try to win the battle in arguments. It's not going to happen. He says, don't, that's not where the fight is. But it's against the rulers, the authorities and the powers over this present darkness. Now, the rulers, the authorities and the powers, that speaks of all of the infrastructure of authority in the earth and I read yesterday much to my distress I don't know why God keeps showing me these things that upset me but someone in the United Nations who's in charge of some department has declared that um, religion needs to be modified to suit the culture of today get it that's right this guy's being paid by the nations of the world to sit and pontificate about the fact that we can't hold a position in religion that will cause people distress because that's going to cause them distress. What we need to do is change our beliefs, change our religion to accommodate the culture of the day. Have you ever heard anything more directly out of the darkness than that? And this is, it's in print, look it up, get on Facebook or whatever, or Google it, UN, religion. And, and he's not just nominating Christians, he's saying all religions, you know, but the one that the enemy's after is Christianity because that's where Christ is, Jesus is Lord. And so here we have this authorities, powers and present darkness where there is a battle. And Paul's saying to us, that's where we're meant to wrestle. Now, okay, and I'll go on. And the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So there's two layers of battle. One is the activity in the powers and, and uh, authorities uh, in, the, in the earth and then there's the battle in the heavens where the spiritual forces of evil uh, live, hang out. That's their base. I was taught once that I shouldn't be an intercessor because that was going to cost me everything. Because if I wanted to go into the spiritual battle... The enemy would clean me out, clean me up. Well, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't believe that that's a legitimate reason not to get in the battle, by the way. The enemy, it's a wrestle. We're in a wrestle. So we're probably going to get pinned occasionally. But, again, don't forget that when we get pinned and we call out Jesus, the enemy's got to let go. I, I'm not sure how many of you have been in spiritual battles emotionally or physically 
but or whether you feel like something's come on you in the night, whether the enemy's having a go, if you can get the word Jesus out, it stops. It does stop. Sometimes it's hard to get the word Jesus out because the enemy might have his hands around your throat to stop you from saying Jesus because he knows that name is the name that is declared he's no more, no more power. It's taken away. I'm relying upon Jesus. He's defeated you, so you're done. We need to live in that space, friends. We need to be ready always to be able to take the high ground which is already won for us in Jesus. This is the enemy that was at work that put Jesus on the cross and he thought he had a win but he didn't because Jesus overcame death and is resurrected and is living now and so the power of the victory of Jesus Christ is the greatest power that there is in all of the earth. Jesus himself said as it was recorded for us in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus' words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, is there any more than all? No. Is there anywhere other than heaven and earth? No. So in all of everything, Jesus has the ultimate authority. That's who I want to be with. I want to be with him in the wrestle. I'd I'd sooner be with him than anybody else. And I know I can't wrestle against the powers and principalities, but Jesus has that. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, and, and therefore is because I've said that, therefore, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples. And he was speaking to his disciples when he said that. Teaching them to observe everything I've taught you. So what did Jesus teach him? He taught them how to heal the sick. He taught them how to bring freedom to the captives, which is the demonic holes over people. So, and, and he said, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I will be with you forever. So Jesus is with us today, you and I whenever and wherever we go, where we have acknowledged him as our saviour and lord. He is with us by the spirit. Let's, let's uh, not get too bogged in this, but it's important. There's the father and the son in heaven. I, I believe that Jesus, the person Jesus, is seated by the father right now in the heavenlies. But the power of Jesus is with us by the Holy Spirit. The authority of Jesus is with us by him having given it to us. So we are representatives and the representative of Jesus in the earth, in the the touchy-feely part of it. And touchy-feely is important. We had a a pretty serious event in our little gated community. There was a house blew up. A gentleman decided the darkness got him and he blew himself up, his house, and it was horrible. But... The, the thing that happened was there was a whole lot of distress and there's still distress. And this, this is where there was someone that just didn't know that Jesus was his friend, wanted to be his friend. And it, it causes your heart to ache when you see those things and hear those things. 
So the, the, you know, the victory of Jesus is for us to carry into the earth. And oh, I know I was going to say, there, there was a couple of um, older ladies who were quite distressed. And uh, I went over and I said, would you like a hug? And she said, oh. And I gave her a hug. And then one standing by said, well, what about me? <laughs> so I, I got to hug a couple of the ladies and the Lord, it, it was the Lord's hug. They felt comfort because I was wanting them to know the love of Jesus. And a third one said, I'm going to tell my husband he needs to hug me more. I said, good. <laughs> but the thing about our role is to be Jesus in the community. And because he is seated with the Father, but the Holy Spirit is with us and we have his power and presence with us and we are we are the mosaic that is the face of Jesus. We are the army, we are the hospital and we are the school. Collectively, we are. So we can all be any one of those three at any given time, depending on the circumstance that we're coming into. We can pray for someone to be healed in the name of Jesus. We can ask for the victory of Jesus over a demonic hold. We can explain something of the, the wonder of the love of God to someone out of the word. We can be all three. But Jesus is the one that has called us to this and he will not let us flounder to the point of destruction we can get beat up absolutely but if we hang on to jesus we're going to win because he wants to have the kingdom come into the earth there's another parable that i want to just point us to this morning because it, it caused me a lot of confusion as an early young christian it's the um, luke 18 the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. Let me read it to you. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opposition or my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, nah, though I have no fear of God, and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll grant her justice so that she may not wear me out, but continuously keeps coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them, and yet... When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And I, I used to get confused about that parable. It's like, well, that judge isn't really a picture of God and why would Jesus use that? But what Jesus was pointing to, and this is really important, what Jesus was pointing to is the fact that the widow kept asking. And he's, he's pointing to her as an example for us to keep on asking, even when the answer doesn't come. And he says... When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What Jesus is pointing to is saying, when I come back, the battle won't be over. But will you have been in the battle to that point with me and for me? He's saying that the battle is ours to continue in and to continue to ask for him to help and to continue to ask for the Father's hand upon our lives. 
We're meant to continue in prayer in the battle until Jesus comes again. We, you know, one of, the, one of the traps is because we know it's going to end well, we go, oh, well, it'll be all right. But there's a whole lot to happen between now and then, as far as I know. Maybe it'll come this afternoon and I'll be proven all wrong. But I don't think it is. The signs aren't quite there yet. But what the Lord is saying to us is stay in the battle. Don't quit asking. When someone isn't healed, don't stop asking for healing. If that person isn't healed, don't give up on praying for the next person for healing. If the situation doesn't change because I haven't apparently answered you, don't stop. I'm hearing you. Don't stop asking for me to be in the middle of it. Jesus wants faith to be exercised, believing that we can continue to ask because he's a good God. Father is good. So they're the, they're, that's really important. It's something that sometimes we don't take on board enough, I think. We go, oh, well, I've prayed about that and I'll leave it go. We don't see it change. Keep praying. Keep praying. Jesus is saying, keep praying. In that parable, that's what he's saying, keep praying. So I invite you into that. I invite you into the keeping on praying people because that's important to Jesus. A faith that will keep on fighting. So there's a strong call to continue with persevering confidence in the good outcome as we stay in the battle. That's what we're being invited to by Jesus in that. So, Carol said to me, you always used to preach about grace. I said, yeah. She said, well, it sounds a bit like a battle. I said, yes, it is. She's not here today. She's still, her body is actually still vibrating from the big explosion that happened. It's quite amazing. It's, it hasn't stopped. She's comfortable in her head, but her body's not quite settled down yet because it was literally 50 metres from our front door where the house was that blew up. But this is a story of grace because Jesus has won the battle. We need to know who we are. We'll just finish with this. We need to know who we are. I know I'm a sinner saved by grace. I've been saved by the fact that I've been offered a relationship with the Father by Jesus. Jesus said, come to me and believe in me and believe who I say I am and then all things will be right between you and the Father. So I said, okay, I can do that. That much I can do. And I thought I was going to turn into a bright, shiny star that there'd be no more battle and there'd be no more hard things for me, that I'd be without sin and that I'd be a perfect man. Well, there's a few people who would tell you that that didn't happen because that's not what happens. What happens is we begin this journey of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus and progressively little bits get changed and chipped away. But, Right at that moment, at that instant, Jesus is with us and we can stand in the battle and say, in the name of Jesus, stop it. And we have that authority right from that moment. I haven't got to go to theological school or go to a special training camp to be able to say no to the enemy. We, we sometimes make it more complicated than it needs to be. And the word the Lord gave me this morning to share with you as a word for us to carry into the week and into the darkness is rebuke. Rebuke everything in the darkness that's coming against you and your family and everybody that you love.
Rebuke it in Jesus' name. So you can't do that. I have authority to tell you stuff in the darkness without even naming it. Just you know where it's coming from. Go back to where you came from. I'm telling you, you can't have my family. Get off them and get away in Jesus' name. We can do that from the moment we become one of God's children through Jesus. When we're born again in Jesus Christ, we are walking in that place of authority. You, you get that? That's important. I didn't, I didn't get into the spiritual battle for years. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it was there. In fact, I went to a church once that said, the devil's not real. There was a season when that became like, yeah, well, that, we're smart. We know that there's no devil. <laughs> Talk about crazy. But that's, that was a season that went through the church because the enemy managed to feed lies in. Now, whether the church of Jesus gets it all right and it doesn't, that's not the point. The point is that we each one, when we say yes to Jesus, we are put right with God. And there's, there's another part of that that happens, as that is we then have authority to declare Jesus' name, as we sang this morning, everywhere over everything. And that is up to us to declare and it's up to his victory to be manifest through what he does in the heavens and over the things that are happening in the spirit.